I'm Unique, serving up a hard-hitting dose of reality and trending topics concerning you. Weekend Updated with Unique starts now on Blackberry Soul Radio. There's a war out there, old friend. A world war. And it's not about who's got the most bullets. It's about who controls the information. What we see and hear, how we work, what we think. It's all about the information. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is Unique, and you're listening to Weekend Updated. I have a very special guest and friend in the studio today, Tammy Thurman from Piedmont Natural Gas. How are you feeling today? I am doing well, Unique. How are you today? I am wonderful. It's been a really packed week with so much stuff yeah. going on. So I want to celebrate you, but I want to talk a little bit about Jesse Smullett. Did you hear he was indicted 16 counts? Yeah, I did, and, uh, you know, we definitely want to keep him in prayer and all of those involved. It's, it's a sad situation. It is. I mean, it just really breaks my heart. I cannot believe that it started from something so small as a ransom note, and it just catapulted into, like, this crazy fiasco. Mm -hmm. And to think that somebody could actually think of this, right. execute it, and still tell the world that he didn't do it. And start crying mm -hmm. while he was doing it. And speaking of crying, like R. Kelly, did you uh, see that? Oh my God! Yes, oh my I saw goodness. that, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy, but I'm also sad. Why are you sad? Because our our black men, come mm -hmm. on, mm -hmm. this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. He he knew better. Fifty two years old. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He knew better, and um, I, I heard, or well, I actually read a couple of articles today. His prior lawyer oh, said yeah. that he was guilty. Oh then. yeah, he said he's. What did he say? He's the hell. Hell yeah, he's guilty. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, that is just unbelievable, and he didn't have to do this. He didn't, and just I think that he is more emotional about the idea that he's actually being reprimanded in a economic way like mm -hmm. he's losing money mm -hmm. his shows are canceled germany canceled his shows the record label are dropped the record label reps have said they're dropping him yep celebrities are turning their back on him yes and so that's to me what that anger is mm -hmm. you know the anger isn't um pro isn't because he's innocent in right. my eyes so uh, what a great interview, Gail King. I thought she did amazing. She kept oh her composure. Goodness. Yeah, yeah. But um, I do want to give a quick shout out to VH1. Uh, they're celebrating women with the VH1 Trailblazers. Um, it aired yesterday, and they celebrated uh, director Ava DuVernay, um, author Margaret Atwood, and Me Too founder Taronda Burke. So kudos Good. to VH1. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yes. And then uh, another kudos to a local woman out of um, Beaumont, Texas. It's Belinda George. She reads to her students via Facebook. She reads to her um, elementary school students. She's a principal. Oh. And she's at um, Homer Drive Elementary in Beaumont, Texas. 
So every Tuesday she does Tucked In Tuesday. She gets into her pajamas and she reads to about 680 students. Oh my God, mm -hmm. how creative is that? It is, so I think I wanna check out Tucked In Tuesday with my nephew. And then speaking, I know this isn't a woman, but um, his mother is a great woman, and I think that her uh, parenting skills definitely shows with uh, Jaden Smith. So he's actually going to be providing clean water. Yeah, I heard about that. Mm -hmm, to awesome. Flint. The company's name is Just Water, and he's um, partnering with First Trinity Mich Missionary Baptist Church and other organizations like Rethink H2O, uh, 501c3, and Millennials for Flint. So he announced earlier this uh, month that he's rolling out a mobile filtration uh, system. Yeah. Yep, and it's called the Water Box, and he's going to be, that basically will remove all the lead, poisons, um, and the contaminated water. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I applaud him. I definitely applaud him. And Jada's going to step in, and she's going to be um, donating some money to hopefully find a long-term solution. Way I, to go, Jada. Absolutely. Awesome. I can't believe that they're still dealing with that problem. Yeah, a lot of people, and you know what? So funny about that is a lot of people don't even know that. Mm -hmm. They do not know. It's just like the media, you know, controlled that whole situation of what we know mm -hmm. and, and what they wanted us to know. Absolutely. And so now a lot of people don't, they think it's done and over with because it's not on the right. news anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, it was sensationalized, like most stories. Everything yeah. sensationalized, mm -hmm. and then when it dies down, it's done. It's done. And then people think that it's solved, yeah. but in fact, it's not. Uh -huh. So let's talk about you. All right. Let's I just want to thank you for coming sure. in. Um, you are a woman in high places. Mm. You have done amazing things, and I would love for you to share your journey with us. So tell the world a little bit about you. Wow, wow. Yeah, so before I even get started, you know, I just want to thank you for this opportunity. You are doing such a phenomenal job in the in the federal area, and so I just want to make sure that everybody that's listening knows that. Thank you. I absolutely, appreciate that. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you to Blackberry Soul Station as mm -hmm. well. But yeah, so this is such an honor for me to actually be able to talk just about me because typically I'm always talking about, you know, the organization, uh, utility companies that I work for. But people don't know that I do have a story. Um, you know, I graduated um, with a degree in communications and um, I thought that I was going to go into the areas of journalism. And I just Ooh. knew that I was going to be on TV reporting okay. the news. And um, things did not work out. That was not the direction that I really, truly wanted to go into. And I ended up moving to Fayetteville, North Carolina, because my dad is retired military. I had family here. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, you know, it made sense to move here. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, I got into the utility, uh, utility business, uh, actually telecommunications. And um, I kind of liked that, and I worked um, laterally entry, so I uh, worked in customer service. Mm -hmm. I have a degree, mm -hmm. but I'm working in customer service. And Well, talk a little bit about why, why you decided to start in customer service as opposed to going to whatever level you felt you should have been at. Was that something that you consciously did, or was it that you felt that there were no opportunities? So it's crazy just knowing the person I am now, mm -hmm. if I'd known that person then, I would have made a different decision. Mm. Um, I went into customer service just thinking, I just need to get a job. 
Wow. I was not trying to be a manager, exec, anything. I just wanted a job because mm-hmm. um, I had bills to pay and I had student loans to pay. And so I went into customer service. And then the thing that kept me there was just solely the money. Wow. I, um, I was working, working, and I started getting comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, th- I, what, everything that I want, where I live, where, when I go out, I have the, the funds to do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine with this. Wow. Again, not being the woman I am now. Right. Because had I been that person, that wouldn't have been acceptable. And what, through your experiences, what made you the woman you are now, which would have allowed you to make a better decision career-wise? Yeah, so putting the right people around me, mm-hmm. uh, people who were going to challenge me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a lot of times I didn't like it, I pushed back, mm-hmm. but those were still the right people that needed to be around me. Right. People that immediately when I met them said, what are your next steps? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just come to have a burger and that's right. it. Right. No, we need to know what, because there's so much in you right. that still needs to come out. You have so much potential that we see and you're not utilizing that. Right. You're not tapping into it. And I so appreciate that. Right. Um, I mean, that's something that I think, I was ha- talking to my sister today about just being in your comfort zone. Yeah. And comfort zones can be a huge detriment mm-hmm. because sometimes whatever that fear is, whether it's the fear of success or the fear of failure, um, we tend to gravitate to people and to situations that keep us comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always a big believer in mentors and also surrounding yourself with people who have the strengths that you may lack yeah and it's exactly gonna, and it's tough you know exactly it's tough so talk about your mentors like you said that they were um pretty much hard on you and said i want you to plan this out but talk about like the steps you actually took to get to a woman in a high place yeah so i'll tell you a story okay i um i used to be a whitney houston fan mm-hmm. oh my god you could you not love t- i loved whitney <laughs> houston and um, even when I started hearing about, you know, the things that she was doing and um, all those negativity, uh, things, negative uh, uh, stigmas that were attached to her, mm-hmm. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I didn't care if it was true or mm-hmm. not. I just, I just saw a confident woman and I was like, man, that confidence, that confident component of her is what attracted me to her. Right. I loved her. And a lady one day came up to me, and I think I had said it out loud. I was like, oh, man, I love Whitney Houston. I want to be just like her when I grow up. Mm-hmm. Not knowing what I was truly saying. And mm-hmm. she came to me, and she, she pulled me to the side, and she said, Tammy, she said, I heard what you said. And she said, I totally get where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. She said, but think about all that's, that she is. She's not just one thing. She's several things. And now you are saying that you want to be just like that. Mm. And then she said, I just want you to think about it. Mm. She said, I'm not trying to disclose you or come down on you. She said, but I just want you to think about what you say before you say it. Wow. And when she said that to me, it, I mean, so many lights came on. Mm -hmm. And Whitney Houston, uh, phenomenal woman Mm -hmm. uh, as far as singing and everything. But there was just so much going on behind closed doors that we didn't even know about that we did not know about and i was talking to a friend about that um i love will smith and will smith yeah uh, me too i want to love him forever yeah (laughs) but he said something and i'm paraphrasing to the effect of when they were asking him about will 
his relationship with Jada. Yeah. And how the concept is much more important than actually getting a divorce or the concept of love and the concept of being a family of mm. uh, union is more important than a divorce. And so as I dissected his words, I was thinking, mm -hmm. what exactly is he saying? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And for me, I like, I, I, I think that what I interpreted as was he was more, it's more important to present, project um, a concept of something. Like for instance, let's just take President Obama. It's more important that there was a first black president mm -hmm. versus if he was good or not. And the only issue that I have. That's true. Right, right? Yeah. And the only issue that I, I kind of have with that philosophy is it, keeps, it can keep people unhappy in a sense. So if everyone's trying to reach Will and Jada's concept goal, like yeah. relationship goal, yeah. but it's not real, then people may start to feel like it, they're inadequate, that they're doing something and that they're inadequate, right? And so if they knew the truth, that maybe, which is why I love Red Table Talk, because mm -hmm. I feel like Jada exposes so much truth that she makes it comfortable to not have a perfect relationship. Yeah. And so I'm big on projecting truth um, rather than the concept, because sometimes the concept can be misleading. And yeah. so... You know, when, when people look at celebrities and idolize, not even celebrities, but idolize anyone from the external, mm -hmm. it can be detrimental because they're judging themselves according to this person. Yeah, so basically, Will and Jada are setting the standard, mm -hmm. and now people are trying to live up to that. Right. For, you know, it's kind of a catch-22 sometimes with that red table situation because, for me, Jada is taking a lot of traditional situations and mm -hmm. she's redefining them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Will oftentimes to me when he has conversations uh, with the public or media or whatever, it's just a matter of playing on words. Right. And so I, I totally get, you know, I don't think that, you know, there's going to be a perfect marriage, mm -hmm. but I think he's saying, you know, it's better to hold on to that family unit mm -hmm. that that husband wife and even they're trying to redefine that right um but for me it's still husband and wife right right um the children father and daughter mother and son mm -hmm. um it's still important to hold on to that um that unit and mm -hmm. not so much as trying to redefine it mm -hmm. but to tweak it a bit gotcha because it's not going to be perfect mm -hmm. We are going to make mistakes in all relationships. Right. Um, but for me, it's just like she's just trying to redefine certain things. I'd love to have a conversation with her. Oh, I would too. Yeah. Well, we, we're going to continue this. we got to take a quick break. It's Blackberry Soul Radio. All right, welcome back. You're listening to uh, Blackberry Soul Radio. I'm Unique. It's the weekend updated. I have a special guest. Tammy Thurman, she's here. We're celebrating her for Women's History Month. We were talking about Will and Jada um, and their relationship before the break. Yeah. Sorry to have cut you off, but you want to continue your thought, Tammy? Yeah, no, no problem. Um, yeah, so Jada, for me, uh, is doing a lot of redefining um, 
different components of family, the family unit of marriage, the bond between a husband and wife. Um, and you know, hey, to each his own, and maybe some revelation has come to her that has just not yet come to me. Um, so I won't say I disagree with what she's saying, but I would say um, I'd like to have a little bit more education on what she's talking about. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's, you're talking specifically about the family union. Yeah, and the, 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 the bond, the eternal bond between a husband and wife. Right. Um, yeah, it's just not going to be perfect. Right. Um, and there's going to be a lot of mistakes, and it's just a matter of communication. I've never been married, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I do dream to be married one mm -hmm. day. And, but I'm not going into the marriage thinking that everything's going to be hunky-dory, because right. it's not. Right. And speaking of marriage, do you think that your career played a part in your decision not to get married or that you just hadn't focused on your personal life? You know, I hadn't truly focused on my personal life. However, me not being married was a benefit to our company mm -hmm. um, because I did not, I don't have that pull to say, you know, I, can, I can't go, I need to be here, mm -hmm. I need to be home, I need to be, you know, this. I can go and come as I please. Nice. You know, and so that was a benefit. That was a selling point. Mm. And I, I used that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Any opportunity to market, um, I'm making myself marketable. And mm -hmm. so even though I do want to get married, at that time I was not. And I said, I'm not going to use this as a negative. This mm -hmm. is a positive. I'm going to use it as a positive, And this is a selling point. Do you think the same rules apply to men? Absolutely not. Right. Absolutely mm -hmm. not. They... Could be married, kids, everything. Yes. And, and, and three or four wives. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, I'm just joking. But, yeah, I mean, they can have every component that, you know, we sometimes put on the back burner mm -hmm. to advance ourselves in our careers, and they don't have to do that. Right. They don't. Right. They just so don't. have you dealt with sexism directly in the workplace in any job that you've faced? I have, mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of it. So I guess you would classify me as a double minority. Mm -hmm. So I'm a woman exactly. and, Afri and African American. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I've experienced it um, a lot of times when there's some decisions that need to be made mm -hmm. or just you know information that needs to be relayed out. Um, I've I've actually heard this comment. You know, you are so pretty. You're just, you know, you're just so pretty. Can you get such and such to give me a call and answer, um, get us oh, some wow. information back? Yes. Wow. Yes. And I said, but I'm standing right here. Mm -hmm. I, I'm the one that you need to talk to. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, whoo, that company's really doing good. They've got brains and beauty. Mm. Really? Mm. Yeah. So um, it, it's, it's amazing. Uh, the comments that you hear and the way that you're treated, um, oftentimes, you know, some, well, it's not sometimes, it's oftentimes mm -hmm. uh, certain uh, people will look right past you. Right. And it's not because I'm a black woman, mm -hmm. it's just because I'm a woman. Woman, right. Yeah, because I've seen, I've noticed, well, I've actually seen them ask, go ask a, an African-American man. Mm. So what keeps you motivated in that? What makes you say, you know what, I'm facing a lot of different adversities. Mm -hmm. um, I have a double negative. What keeps you going? Yeah, so awesome question. And I mean, I can, I can say a million things, um, but two things I would definitely say that I am um, on a, a solid foundation with, and that's my faith in God. Mm. 
my faith in God, I work just like I'm working under him, just like he is the boss. He's mm -hmm. my manager. And if I need, you know, if somebody's going to call me and say, look, I need you to do this, I'm, oh, that's God calling me. Mm -hmm. That's the way I look at it, like I'm working under God. And, and secondly, it's, it's hugely important, as I stated earlier, it's so important that we have the right people mm -hmm. around us yes. in our circle because we oftentimes I need to vent. Mm -hmm. And who am I going to vent to? Right. Because you can't trust everybody. Absolutely. You cannot trust everybody. You need to be careful mm -hmm. of who you opened up to. And um, so I have a, I have that, that sureness. Um, I have four people that I can actually go to every single mm -hmm. day. Um, you know, people in our workplace, we spend more time with them mm -hmm. than we do our own family. Absolutely. We spend more time with them. And so I talk to them at work. I talk to them sometimes in the morning time, mm -hmm. after work, on mm -hmm. weekends. And so they're not just my coworkers, they're not just colleagues, but they are truly friends. And, and going back to you, your statement, um, saying that you spend so much time with, with coworkers, mm -hmm. we do. And how do you not lose your identity? Wow, that's a huge question. Um, you know what? I can say this. I have some pretty phenomenal leadership at my church, and mm -hmm. they make sure that I stay grounded. Mm. Um, a lot of things are offered to me. I've taken advantage of a lot of things mm -hmm. who the average person head would really swell and really think <laughs> that they're a lot. But you know right, me right. yourself. Oh, I am totally down to earth, mm -hmm. um, but I'm true to who I am. I'm, right. I'm true to myself. Mm -hmm. uh, and... I will say that, that my pastor, uh, she's not only my pastor, but she's a friend of mine, mm -hmm. and she's like my god sister, and I have a lot of god sisters at my church who kind of, you know, when I leave, they're like, okay, you might have been this out there, but you tell me when you come here. Right, right. You know, and so you... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I change hats, mm -hmm. but they still say, okay, you're Tammy. Right. You know, and so that really keeps me grounded. Mm -hmm. And being grounded just keeps you true to who you are. Right. Absolutely. I think it's important. And you've touched on it multiple times that keeping a circle of friends. Yeah. And even if, if you grow up in a family that may not be a support system, family's not only defined by blood, you right. know? And so if you're building this strong foundation around you, mm -hmm. it only helps you. And then also that it's a reciprocal relationship so mm -hmm. that the person that's helping you is also healing or learning from you. Yeah. And that's important. Yeah, and so you touch on a, an awesome point that, so, you know, oftentimes people like you and mm -hmm. people like me, we're always giving, 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 mm -hmm. and we're wanting people, we, we uh, are really goal-oriented mm -hmm. and goal-driven, and so we want everybody that we touch, we want them to be the exact same way. But people sometimes lose that concept mm -hmm. and think that we're always, that we're always there to give right. and that they can't give anything back. Right. Where do you fall? Do you have sisters or brothers? Where do you fall yeah. in, in the line of your siblings? Yeah, so uh, the original set, um, I am the baby. Oh, wow. And then my dad and my my birth mom, they divorced. He remarried. Um, and so I have, you know, four other uh, siblings. So I'm kind of in the seven of us. Mm. I'm uh, third. Okay. Yeah. But you grew up as the baby. I grew up as the baby. All right. Are you, are you, do you have baby youngest syndrome? 
<laughs> Are you spoiled is what I'm asking. Am I spoiled? So the crazy thing, Unique, is I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I, mm -hmm. um, when, when I was in high school, elementary, you know, it was just like, because my sister, when she graduated high school, she left immediately mm -hmm. and went to the military. My brother, when he graduated, left immediately and went to the military. Mm -hmm. And so I was always there by myself. Mm. So, so kind of like the, old, the only child. Yeah, okay. I became the only child. And therefore, what I said went. So it was kind of like I was the only child, the oldest and the youngest. That's, mm -hmm. that's just who I was. I grew up as the oldest. And so when you, to your point of giving, 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 in fact, sometimes I feel so strong and yeah. it's hard to receive love or yes. receive, yes. you know, whatever accolades or gifts that people want to mm -hmm. give and gifts, not just tangible. It can just be advice. Yeah. It can just be, um, friendship time. Yeah. And so as the oldest, um, you have this sense of responsibility constantly. And so I do take that in the workplace. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, I have to take care of my coworkers. Yes. It's my duty to take care of whatever situation that I'm in. I find though in relationships, I am nurturing, but I am, I'm, I'm less, the oldest, and yeah. I prefer to have a man who would take charge. Because it feels like a, yeah. for me, it feels like finally I get to like enjoy life. Because, yeah. you know, with family, with friends, and then um, at work, you know, I'm, I'm the responsible one. Yeah. And not to say that I'm not responsible in a relationship, but I feel like at that point I relax a little. Well, yeah, I, I think I can honestly say at this point of mm -hmm. my life and this point in my career, I am definitely open to relationship. I'm open to marriage, but they have got to come with their A game. Oh, I yeah. Mean, they have got to. Oh, yes. I am, you know, I am at a point like, you know, I've taken care of everything. Mm -hmm. I take care of everything. I bought my own house, I mm -hmm. bought my own car. You know, I have 401k, I have three three or four checking accounts. I am, you I am set. I am set. <laughs> exactly. I pay my own bills. Mm -hmm. I don't ask people for anything. Mm -hmm. um, my dad always says, God, you, you never call and ask for anything because that's just now how I'm built. Mm -hmm. You know, life and, and everything has just made me that way. Mm -hmm. So the person that I'm dating he he actually yeah there so let me ask you this okay. I, I like this conversation okay. so you are tangibly set yeah would you does that mean your man has to be tangibly set as well before i finish absolutely okay so with that he has to be tangibly set he has to be economically set he has to have all the things that you have plus mm -hmm. and then you are looking for love and I know that's a weird question because mm -hmm. some people reach a certain age where they say love can come second. I just want to have a partner in crime. I have, I want to have someone that I can essentially trust, mm -hmm. build with and build a foundation and love will come. Mm -hmm. Or I have friends who is the exact opposite, who's financially set everything and all they're looking for is love. So if the man happens to be less than when it comes to tangible things, mm -hmm. They're okay as long as the man is loving them unconditionally. So he, here's the thing, the, the generation that we're in now, men mm -hmm. are oftentimes losing their masculinity and we 
are now having to be women and do roles of the man. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I hope that women are very careful in their decision making when they choose somebody, mm -hmm. because those are those are key components that they have to think about nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, for me, um, where they are at, I don't want them to be. I need them to be at least equal. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't have them below me. I can't be pulling a man around or right. dragging a man around. I just, I just cannot do that. Um, Hold I, your thought. Okay. We are. I love this conversation. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. Um, if you're just joining us, you're listening to uh, Weekend Updated right here with me, Unique. We have a special guest, Tammy Thurman, in the building. We are having great conversations. Make sure you stick around. <laughs> it's Blackberry Soul Radio. All right, all right. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is unique, and you're listening to Weekend Updated. We are in some really good conversation right here on Blackberry Soul yes, Radio. We are. I'm loving this conversation. <laughs> and Tammy is um, just a phenomenal woman oh, doing her thing. Thank you. I mean, seriously, I want to continue that conversation. We were about to get into uh, some dialogue about yeah. build a man, mm -hmm. and I was sharing with you that one of my friends. She reminds me so much of you when it comes to her career. However, she's willing to build a man for unconditional love. And you were sharing something with me about Absolutely your personal experience. Absolutely not. <laughs> I will not do that. Mm -hmm. um, I've waited so long to, to be in a relationship, and I'm not going to be building a man. I'm mm -hmm. definitely not going to be dragging him along with me. Um, you know, over the past couple of years, a little bit uh, when I was a little younger, um, I was in two relationships, and I did that. Mm. I mean, I told him, you know, about banking, housing, where what we should do, where we should live, about savings account, and everything. Um, what, you know, when women say this, this is what they really mean, so mm. you need to, you know, I was, I mean, it was everything that I was giving him. I was giving him everything. Wow. I was giving him everything. And what was he giving you? Well, let's see. I best guess the better question is, what did he give me? Hmm. Uh, yeah, he gave me his back. Wow. Because I, in those two relationships, I will not forget it because it hurt me so bad um, He that both of the men went to other women. So what do you think it is? Because I, the thing is, I think that people in general will water a well until it runs dry. Mm. And if they have extra water, they won't feed that well. They'll mm. move on. Mm. And so... When it comes, but then also men are also in a society in which there are masculinity is defined by materialism yeah. and what you have. Mm -hmm. And so men tend to feel more secure and confident when they have more. So if they're wealthy men, they tend to have a, um, a, a larger pool of women to, to pick from. Mm -hmm. I know that I've heard a lot of my male friends say, oh, you're just so strong and look at me in a different light, which is usually a sister or an auntie mm -hmm. or a really, really good friend. Mm -hmm. And so I always wondered, what is it about a man that is it, do you think it's being intimidated or do you think it's just because their mothers are strong? Yeah. Their yeah. sisters are strong. Yeah. So you know what, Unique, I, I, I said those same things and and I find that when I go to different demographics, conversations change. Mm. Um, do share, do share. Yeah. So I'm not going to name any certain cities. Okay. You know, but um, certain places that I'm in all the time, uh, 
the conversation is very short, if mm. there's even a conversation. Can you say region? Is it like southern region, northern region? Yeah, Midwest? we'll say the Sand Hills. Okay, okay. We'll say the Sand okay. Hills. The conversation um, is almost null and void. And then when I go to, I will say this, I'll go to Wake County, Raleigh mm -hmm. area, or I'll go to the Triad or Charlotte area. Mm -hmm. Um, here in North Carolina, uh, the conversation, I mean, is completely different and mm -hmm. completely refreshing. Nice. What I found, and I started asking this question because I was like, you know, I don't have any children. I don't mm -hmm. have all these different, you know, and, and, and whoever, you know, if you've had children by two or three different uh, mm -hmm. fathers, God bless you, um, you know. <laughs> That's the Southern way. Of, I love the bless your heart. Yeah, That's bless the Southern your heart, way of saying. Bless your heart. Idiot. No, I'm yeah, just no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, but God bless you uh, in, in, that, in that sense. But I have, I have uh, lived my life a different way mm -hmm. because the man that I know that God wants me to be with, I'm making sure that I don't bring baggage to him. Mm -hmm. So I've lived a certain way. Um, but that has made me hugely confident in who I am. And so I, I've asked my brother-in-law, I've asked my brothers in my church, I'm like, guys, this is, I could, you know me, you know, I, I'm successful, I have a career, I got A1 credit, mm -hmm. um, I can do for myself. Uh, you know, he's not gonna rescue me, mm -hmm. even though men, I'm sure, do like to rescue a woman. Um, but in, a, in, in certain situations, but with me, they don't have to. Mm -hmm. um, but they said that, you know, men are intimidated. Mm. They're just intimidated. But when I go to other cities, when I go to Charlotte, they are not, intim they are not intimidated by mm -hmm. me. And that's what I love. It is so refreshing. Actually, they kind of intimidate me. And mm. That's what I love. I oh, want a yeah. challenge. Absolutely. Mm. And I think it depends on just in general regions. Like I know that in New York City, uh, where I lived for quite some time, the men, um, they don't want, well, at least the men that I dealt with, they want women who are kind of self-sufficient in their careers. They don't have to coddle them, take them around, uh, housewives. It's just almost like, it's a different setup. You know, it's mm -hmm. like living in two different places. Um, Love is important, but trust is even more important. Because if they can love you but not trust you, they you can be their friend. Mm -hmm. But to enter into a relationship in, in New York City, at least with the guys that I dealt with, it was really big on a trust. Oh. Because everyone, you know, you go to New York City, the big city, people are scamming you, trying to get over on you, hustling you. So for me, in growing up North, trust was always the most important because I felt like love can develop. Um, I'm still learning about what love means um, and how I process things. Cause I've always heard people say like when they respect or trust someone, they tend, it starts to, if, if they ever thought that they would do anything to portray that person, they would say, you know what? Trust or respect stop them. Whereas I see so many people who say they love someone and they just cheat on them or backstab them or just hurt them and cause mm. them pain. And so for me, it was like, well, it may mean more to me to have a person's trust and respect yeah. rather than their heart because their heart would eventually grow. I mean, when you're spending time with people and you like people, love develops. And so I started to look at love as an emotion. But I do wanna jump back to this, uh, the, in the intimidation factor. Um, and, de and depending on where you are, 
in the world in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a lot of expectations for yourself. Yes. And so you require the same expectations for your man. Absolutely. And I think that women, we do ourselves a disservice when mm-hmm. we don't have those expectations. Exactly. Because I think that I have this theory about men in the workplace. I believe men in the workplace, that's their playground. Because I believe men are so fearful of women, and that fear came, and it's fearful in a respect way. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that word would call would be called, but they get that from their mother. So if a man had a really great relationship with his mom and a healthy relationship with his dad, typically women, you know, will coddle their sons, but there was this respect, like you know, I don't curse in front of my mother. I'm not mm-hmm. going to raise my voice in front of my mother. So I think that the workplace gave men that extra ego boost where they felt like, well, I don't have to, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of my mother, you know? And so it's more of their playground. And so I, this is just my theory. So that's where I felt like sexism developed because men are truly aware of a woman's power. Yeah. And women, we're not aware of our power. That's it. That's it. But men know that. Yeah. Men are aware. They can pick up on it. And so men who are not right, they're not going to come to you. Mm -hmm. Men who are not right, they're not going to come to me or anyone else that has their stuff together. They're just not. Um, And and then when I, you know, I'm I'm in my late 30s. And so what I'm saying is that a relationship for me is great if it happens, but it doesn't define who I am. I'm not willing to... um, lower my standards, if you will. Because to me, I'm the type of person, I can't be unhappy. And so being unhappy in a relationship just to be married or just to say, you know, just to check a box wouldn't work for me. And I'm always so interested in women who give men chances after chances after chances. That's because they're not whole. Mm. They are not whole. Mm-hmm. And that's um, so important to me that we, that I'm able to have these conversations with, with women, mm-hmm. especially around the 11th, 12th grade and into undergrad years. They need to know what they are worth. Mm. And they are way more than what they are, are, are portraying. Do you think and they that, don't realize it. Do you think mothers lack? That's where mothers lack? So you're probably going to find this uh, a funny. No, it's fathers. Mm. There is nothing more important than a father-daughter right. relationship. You're absolutely right. Nothing more important because that father is already telling that daughter as she's growing up, you are beautiful. Mm-hmm. You are worthy. You are everything. You know, this world is evolving around because of people like you, of Mm. women like you. You are awesome. You are fantastic. You are spectacular. So when she comes to a man Mm -hmm. and he tells her, oh, you're so pretty. Okay, I already know that. Right. You need to come. You got to come with something more than that. Absolutely. You got to come with something higher than Mm -hmm. that because my dad has already instilled that into me. Right. But that's what we're losing. Mm-hmm. Men, fathers are not doing that with their daughters now. Mm-hmm. So now when the daughter is um, in college and you know well as I mm-hmm. do, when you get to college, you are exposed from A to Z. Oh, absolutely. And when those guys come up in front of you, you just you don't know who you are. Right. You don't know how special you are because it's never been told to you. Mm-hmm. And now somebody is telling you this and you think that's love. Right. And it's not. 
that's an interesting point that it is the father-daughter relationship because I grew up with my father and uh, you know all the listeners know um, that I I didn't grow up with my biological mother I did have a birth mom but she was she was less of a disciplinarian my mm -hmm. father was the disciplinarian he was mm -hmm. the one that instilled the uh, the laws <laughs> that's how I felt it was yeah. like the yeah. law and my father didn't tell me I was beautiful but he told me that I I needed to make it in life yeah there was no other options but to make it in life and mm -hmm. so because he was such a you know domineering factor in my life I am who I am because of that mm. I do think the lack of I think there's a, a bit of a woman's relationship with the son and the mother I mean and the daughter that is important as well yeah because that's where it's the nurturing but the tough love yeah it's the you know embracing feminism embracing your voice but at the same time, having respect for your mate and mm -hmm. also requiring respect back. Yeah. I don't think a man can truly teach a woman that because I do think that, you know, feminine is tied to our DNA. Masculinity yeah. is tied to the DNA. Yeah. And so they're just things that I believe that we were, as women, were born with because of our chromosomes that a man can't teach. But a man can teach it, that you require respect and demand love and yeah. and and um, happiness, and so you know it's 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 quite interesting the dynamic between the importance of a parent in the household Absolutely. and the role they play. Yeah, and um, it is quite important. I completely agree that a man tells his daughter, "Yes, you're beautiful, but you're more than that. Yes, you're you know." A man, you know, when a man comes in your life, blah, blah, blah. And I think also the conversation changes a little bit. Like my dad always told me I didn't need a man. And so those things do resonate um, throughout the years and it stays in your subconscious. And so you start to function like that. At least yeah, I did. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I get that. I, I would say I don't disagree with it. I would just challenge that mm -hmm. because we. For okay, so for me, everything I always related to a spiritual connotation, mm -hmm. and I know in in the Bible, God is saying that it's not good for man to be alone, mm. and that's the first thing, one of the first things that He mm. said, just as soon as He created man, mm -hmm. that it's not good. He was like, you know, you have all these animals, you got trees, water, fish, and everything else. But they just are not on your same level. Mm -hmm. So it's not good for you to be alone. So mm -hmm. I'm going to make someone that's on your level. Mm -hmm. And that someone was Eve. Mm. And so it's, it's important, you know, that we do be with someone. Um, because, and, and we're not in a marriage for sex. We're not in it for, for the love. All of those things come along with that. But what are we here for? We're here to be a power couple. Mm -hmm. We're here to have dominion, you know, over the earth and, and get stuff. Mm. You know I, what I'm saying? We are having a great conversation here. I'm loving it. You going to stick around a little bit longer? I think I will. All yeah. right. And it's the Weekend Updated right here on Blackberry Soul Radio. We have the dynamic <laughs> Tammy Thurman. She's a powerful woman in high places, and we're celebrating Women's History Month. We're going to take a quick break, come back. Yeah. Don't you go nowhere. It's Blackberry Soul Radio. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back. It's Unique, and you're listening to Weekend Updated right here on Blackberry Soul Radio. We're joined here by Tammy Thurman. Good She's morning. a woman in a high place. Yes. And she morning. has... 
the career, the brains, the beauty. Continue, Tammy. Yeah, so I think I, I really want women just to be, so this is what I'll say. Mm -hmm. The women that I'm assigned to by my destiny, I mm. want them to be empowered. Wow. I, I have so much in me in experiences, life experiences, book experiences, just, you know, I have so much in me and I never want a woman to come in my presence and then walk away the same mm. because I have failed if that happens. Wow. And I think, you know, a lot of times now we don't have enough strong women who will take that time or, or take the lead and say, I'm going to mentor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, uh, so I want women to kind of get out of the mode of I'm just getting, 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 getting. I'm getting everything from me. I'm getting everything right, from right. me. No, you've got a whole generation mm. that is pulling at the back of your jacket saying, hey, what about me? Mm -hmm. What about me? Because eventually we're going to be gone. Right. We're going to be on to the next thing. Right. And who's going to take our place? Right. And now you've got young girls in your presence who said, I can try. Mm -hmm. I can try. Okay, here's what you need. Mm -hmm. Let's build you up. Right. I'm not building a man up. Right, right. But I want to build these young women up. I love it. Absolutely love it. So how does this translate in the workplace? Do you mentor, you know, younger coworkers? Absolutely. So we have so many different facets um, of, of where I work at. And I get the really phenomenal opportunity to have conversations with uh, different women every single day. Mm -hmm. And so um, some women have come to me now and they're saying, hey, you know, I'm thinking about getting a house. Do you know what I need to do? Mm. I said, well, let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about your credit. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about your credit first. And then mm -hmm. we just go into a conversation like that. And then I have, you know, other women saying, you know, um, I, I live, you know, with my boyfriend and I don't see, you know, anything coming from that. Mm. And I really just feel like, you know, there's, there's no point. He's holding me down. Okay. Let's have a conversation. Cause I can help you with that. Cause mm -hmm. I've been there. Right. Um, I have, you know, other situations where, uh, women want to progress or they want to go upward in mm -hmm. our company. And I'm like, well, what are you doing now? Mm. Are, are you meeting standards? Are mm -hmm. you meeting goals? Are you setting goals? Right. Are you putting yourself on a trajectory for success? Yes. What are you doing for exactly. that? Exactly. Exactly. And how, how do they receive that? Because it, so, it's interesting dynamic women and, and men, but particularly a woman and a woman, you are in a higher place. You're giving uh, constructive criticism. You're yeah. saying, hey, these opportunities are here. What are you doing to put yourself on that path to success? And what is the response? Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, it's really crazy um, that a lot of people are watching you. Mm. And I, I'm sure you probably mm -hmm. realized it later on, but at that moment, you didn't even know that you were being watched. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important to, to mind how you carry yourself, mm -hmm. you know, even down to your hairstyle, mm -hmm. the makeup you mm -hmm. wear, the clothes that mm -hmm. you wear, um, that you, you know, that the way that you talk, the way mm -hmm. that you articulate, um, because if you're, if you fall in any of those areas, mm -hmm. now you've got people looking at you and like, oh, I don't know that I know that I need her right to be my mentor. Right. But on the different, uh, aspect of that, when women do see that, 
they definitely reach out to you and say, you know, cause, and I've had, I've had these young women just say this, you know, I've been watching you, you know, you're so awesome. I listen to you talk, you know, you don't never seem nervous and they don't know, you know, <laughs> I'm nervous, oh, yeah. but you're not going to see it. Right. And I'm not going to let anybody else see it. But yeah, I was nervous. Right. But that nervousness is what pushes me. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell them that. And, um, some of the ladies, you know, just going to different areas, you know, I, uh, of the company who want to uh, be promoted, I'm like, you have got to get your mindset mm -hmm. to that area. Mm. If if your mind is not there, no other part of you can ever get there. Mm -hmm. It starts in your mind first. Mm -hmm. Going on that, you're talking about image, and I'm big on that too. I be, I, I I like to deal more with youth because I feel that mm -hmm. it's difficult to break teach an old dog new tricks. Um, so adults sometimes are settled in their uh, mess. And it, sometimes I find myself getting frustrated with them when I'm like, hey, you know, you, your happiness is defined by you. You know, you know, don't sit in your pity party. Mm -hmm. Move up. Like, mm -hmm. if you want something in, excuse me, if you want something in life, go out and get it. Mm -hmm. So I tend to uh, focus on youth mm -hmm. and young women and, um, and just mentoring and telling them, you know, it's important to how you speak. It's important to how you present yourself. Now, something that I lost myself in that, in the sense of when I was at work, I was a different person. I felt like I had to cut it on and cut me off. Mm -hmm. And then when I would go home, I was me. Mm -hmm. Now I've programmed myself and I kept doing it and kept doing it that I wasn't even cognizant of it until people, lots of coworkers at different places I worked was like, wow, you're pretty cool. And it's like, what image did I give off? Well, that you're just focused on your work. You just, you're really great at it, but we didn't, you didn't allow us in. It was just, you were focused on your work. So how do you tote that fine line between a time and a place, but also not um, transforming into something that you're not or putting on a facade? And I, I, I waffle with that word facade because it's truly kind of natural. When I came into the workplace, I didn't have to, I didn't feel like I was turning it on. I didn't go, oh, okay, here we go. Mm -hmm. Let me, let me be this way. Mm -hmm. It was just natural. Yeah. So how do you, how do you do all those things, but not lose who you are? Yeah. So, you know, Here's the thing, the position that I'm in and the career that I, that I have, that God has given me, um, it fits me just like a glove. Mm, nice. It fits me just like a glove. Everything that I was doing prior to this mm -hmm. led me to this. Mm. So I know I'm in the right place. Mm -hmm. So the way that I talk was how I was talking before. Mm -hmm. The way that I act is how I was acting before. Mm -hmm. The only difference is, Unique, is things have been fine-tuned. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. um, do I dress professionally yes, every day absolutely. now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was I before? No. Not mm -hmm. every day. But yeah, I was dressing professional. I just wasn't dressing professionally every day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, do certain words, slang words that, that, that are in my vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know when to say those words mm -hmm. and when not to say them. You know, you just got to know your audience. Right. So I think uh, what clicked to me right now was it's not so much the behaviors of professionalism because you're taught that, you know, in the workplace, if you have good mentors, what, what just clicked for me was your career fits you. It does. And I found that when I was working in different places, putting that glove uh. on <laughs> didn't fit. 
and I should have quit, but yeah. I didn't. And so that is what it, because, you know, dressing professional, you know, not, you know, you, you have to speak a certain way. You can't use certain words. Mm-hmm. Those things are natural. And that's not what I was struggling with. I was struggling with hiding myself mm. in a sense. And it wasn't, and I didn't become aware of it until people were saying that they would be like, Oh my gosh. I'm like, what? kind of image am I bringing if I am I projecting you know mm-hmm. and so what I realized is what you just said that your career fits you like a glove it so does. you're you yeah and so my for so long before my career didn't fit me it was doing things for the money or the clout mm-hmm. or working in New York City hey I work at MTV I wasn't really assessing whether or not yeah this was my career. This was the path that I needed to be in in my career. This is where I needed to be. And so it was about just paying my bills, being in the know. And that's kind of that rat race. Yeah. And so it's interesting that. Where you out too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So that's, I, I, I love that. Making sure that your career fits you yeah. like a glove. Exactly. And I tell a lot of women and, and men too, uh, when I go to speak to certain colleges, um, I tell them, I said, now, you know, when you get out, you're going to have so much uh, student loans to pay. You're gonna have. You're gonna be in debt. But the thing of it is, you need to. If this is the career, this is the major that you've chosen. Make sure that you've chosen it not because it's a money maker, mm-hmm. but because it's your passion. Right. Right. Because your passion is gonna take you so much further than getting into a career just because of money. Mm-hmm. Because the way things are going now, this company will buy this company. This company will consolidate with this company, and now you were you on top. Now you're not you're not down three or four notches. Right. So you got to know that you are in this for your passion, mm-hmm. and this is what I do is what I love. Right. I know God has given me this, and I love it. And if I did not do it for the company that I'm in now, mm-hmm. I can do it for anybody. Mm. I can do it anywhere, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to brag or mm-hmm. be boastful no, about you're, it. You're celebrating yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just gonna be confident about it. Um, and, and, so, yeah. and, and what, um, speaking of confidence, what would you encourage women or young girls to do to build that confidence, especially if they don't have the foundation or the support system from their family? Yeah. So they need to, first they got to want it. Mm-hmm. You just got to want it. Uh, because the next thing, the next component I would say is that you definitely need to get with a mentor, mm-hmm. uh, get with a big sister, mm-hmm. a life coach or someone and and once you get with them, that's the first thing that they're going to look at. Do mm-hmm. you want this? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you're wasting your time and you're definitely wasting ours. Mm-hmm. But if we see that you want it, mm-hmm. then we're definitely just going to pour into you. And you've got to be open to mm-hmm. be criticized. Mm-hmm. You've got to be open to saying, hey, this was a great idea. You ju- your approach was just wrong. Right. You know, you got to be open to that because... Um, you sought me out. I didn't seek you out, but I'm here to help you. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee if you listen to what I say, and if you do it to the best of your ability, you don't have to do it like me, but do it to the best of your ability. Mm -hmm. You will be successful. Absolutely. You will. Absolutely. And then also looking at that, um, that particular job, not so much as a gift, but that it's a partnership. And I think a lot of people don't see, especially the older generation, they look at jobs as, oh, thank you so much. I need a job, pay my bills. No. When in fact, it's a partnership. Oh my God. That is one of the biggest mistakes that mm-hmm. people make. 
they go into a company, and I've done it myself, and I'm mm -hmm. like, oh my God, you've done me such a favor. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. But the truth of it is, Unique, we have done them a favor. Absolutely. Because we, whoever, whoever you hire, makes that company's name. Mm -hmm. That company's name is not making you. Right. You are making that company's name because you are the ambassador. Absolutely. You are the representation of this of this organization. Right. And if you take it even further, you the the person is the ambassador of their life. Mhm. Mm you are dynamic. You have it all together. Wow. What <laughs> does Tammy do for herself to take care of herself when it doesn't relate to work? helping other people, but you. So what, what do I do? God, uh, what don't I do? Um, you know, I think I've, I've said this a couple of times, a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't know, and, and then some do, but I am a minister. Oh, um, I did not know that. Yes, I am <laughs> a minister, and, um, you know, my relationship with Christ is everything. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, when I wake up, it's because he's woken me up. Mm -hmm. And I, I pray, Lord, who who am I supposed to meet today? Who do you want me to meet? What do you want me to say to them? You know, I often tell people, um, you think I work for Piedmont Natural Gas. No, I work for God first. Mm. And Piedmont just happens to get the benefit mm. of me working for God. Love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, in you know, my life, everything is God. It's everything. Mm -hmm. uh, without him, you know, I'm nothing. And mm -hmm. I truly feel that uh, it's by God's grace and mercy that I am. Mm. Who I am and what I am. Mm. And, and so I tell everybody, the person that you see standing in front of you is because of God's grace and his mercy. Mm -hmm. And so you gonna, you're going to get the benefit of that. Mm. You get the benefit of that. Um, but yeah, so I love I love ministering to people. I love ministering specifically to women, mm -hmm. to young girls. Um, but for me, I am a Netflix uh, and chill kind of girl. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I'm always on the go. But when I get uh, time, you know, I love to watch Netflix. If mm -hmm. I can get the opportunity to binge on a show, I will definitely take advantage. Which one of, of your it. favorite shows that you're? Watching on oh my God! Right now, Hawaii Five O, and okay. I do not know why, but I love, love, love that show. Uh -huh. I love it. Okay, love cool. It. So I want to thank you so much for hanging out. You have been such no, an inspiration. Thank you. I mean, seriously, wow. like that inspiration. I found out so many things about you. I hope that people can take what you're saying and and use it as as, yeah. as like a stepping stool in their life because there's so many things that when you were saying, things that you were saying resonated with me. So if people wanted to get in touch with you, um, have you minister to them or mentor yeah. them? Are you open for that? And if so, how can they get in touch with you? Absolutely. So, uh, you know, everyone, first of all, I'd like to give a shout out to my church, Charity Church. Hey, hey. guys. <laughs> in Fayetteville. But yeah, so I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram, uh, Tammy Thurman. You can definitely reach out, send me a friend request, and we can just start some dialogue from there. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Any plans for the weekend? Um, I thought I was going to be able to work in, in my yard, but I think it's going to rain the whole weekend, oh, yeah. so we'll see. All right. Well, I think I'm going to go check out um, Captain Marvel. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. So I'm going to check yeah. that out tomorrow. Um, 
you know, just to sh- shout it out, uh, Brie Larson. So it's starring a woman. Yeah. I love Samuel Jackson. So Samuel. Yeah. yeah. And then it's also co-directed by a woman, Anna Bode, and um, her other co-director is Ryan Flack. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm a I'm a comic book geek. Are so you? That's, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It. Yeah. So, but thank you so much. I appreciate you stopping by. Don't be a stranger. I will have you in. You got to have me back. I love this. Oh, absolutely. So we're celebrating Women in High Places, Tammy Thurman, Piedmont Natural Gas. Thank you so much. Uh, We have Clarissa Wright with uh, Synergy PR Services joining us a little later. She'll be joining us by phone. Uh, So make sure you keep it locked. It's the Weekend Updated with me, Unique, right here on Blackberry Soul Radio. Welcome back. You're inside the Weekend Updated on Blackberry Soul Radio with me, Unique, and we're celebrating women in high places in recognition of Women's History Month, which is March. And joined by the phone is PR guru Clarissa Wright from Synergy PR Services out of Atlanta. Welcome, Clarissa. How you doing? Hi, Unique. I'm wonderful. How are you? I am good. You know, at one point, D.C. was noted as the chocolate city, but it looks like like Atlanta may have D.C. beat. It's like the black Hollywood. You know what? Atlanta is definitely trying to pull the reins on a couple of things. Becoming the new black, well, it always was known as the black mecca, but there's also the new Hollywood of the South, and it's all kind of stuff, so... We love D.C., but we might be taking over. Yes, I'm not mad at that. And congratulations um, on acquiring your two new clients, uh, new additions, Ronnie DeVoe and his wife, thank Shamari you. Ree. I mean, I said Shamari Ree. Shamari. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. We're excited to welcome them to the family. And so for people who have absolutely no clue what a publicist does or a public relations firm does, can you give us a sense of what your job entails and some of your clients? A public relations firm is... Okay, so we're in place to manage people's outward of public-facing appearance, image, and anything that has to do with, like, brand management. So, in layman's terms, it would be, like, it's our job to make sure that our clients get the covers of magazines, they get on radio shows, they get panel discussions and speaking engagements and things like that. On a deeper level, we also do things like damage control. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, the corporation has a recall on something or a celebrity has a fight that they need to address later in the media. We specialize in damage control and anything that's facing the public from a brand standpoint. Right. So I'm sure, like, Jesse Smollett's publicist is having a time of her life. Right. <laughs> there are a lot of publicists that are having a rough time right now. Right. Yeah, so in, in a situation like that, damage control mode is where that person is at this point. Right. And so you did mention that you do that. Um, have you ever had to reach out to like troubled stars to like offer them guidance or how did, have you ever had an, uh, a moment like a Jesse Smollett moment with your client? Absolutely. I've had more than one case where, I mean, damage control comes at a bunch of different levels. Um, damage control is, it doesn't just mean a disaster that happened publicly or, or something that neg- happened negatively. Um, done by the celebrity or the talent, like with T.I. suits are just passing. Um, there's a little bit of damage control that goes to play with that too, because now you may be canceling engagements, you may be canceling an appearance and things like that. But sometimes damage control is just us stepping in to say things on behalf of our clients when they're not available. And then other times when it gets one chance, we have to build strategies to pull our clients back to the good side of the thing if something has gone wrong. 
Wow, it's like a lot of moving parts. So how did you get your start in PR? Let's back up a moment. How did you get your start? Okay, so it's a super long story, but I, I think I've gotten an amended story together. <laughs> We've been in business since November of 2006, mm-hmm. and I fell into PR backwards. I went to school for marketing, and I actually was working at a school as an admissions advisor, and a person at the school was leaving, he was opening his own business that was in direct conflict with the place that we were. So he couldn't say too much. He couldn't really be public that he was opening this new this new business because it did conflict. So he was a high-ranking executive with the company. So he came to me and said, hey, sis, I would love it if you could help me to get uh, some of the senator, Georgia senators here. I'd love a couple of public figures to be in place, and I would love if you could get some media outlets here. So he just gave me a list of people that he wished would show up at his grand opening. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I called, made a bunch of calls, and sent a bunch of emails. And about 85% of the people that he wanted there turned out. So at the end of his event, I mean, there were a bunch of other things I did, too. He was like, hey, can you help me with a press release? Mm. I'm like, oh, what, what is it? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, this is just an announcement to the public that this place is opening. Oh, okay, cool, I can do that. Oh, hey, can you help me? Blah, blah, blah. Can you write my bio? Okay, cool. I had done this collective list of things for him. And at the end of his event, when he was closing it out, he said, I want to say thank you to my publicist, Carissa Wright. And I'm like, oh, I'm not your publicist. I was just helping you out with some stuff. So fast forward a little bit. He used me on a couple more projects moving forward. And he started referring people to me. And I was just doing a bunch of free work because I was like, okay, you know, they need my help, I'll help them. And one day he came to me and said, um, you need to start a business because you're doing all this stuff for free and you're excellent at it. Start a business. And reluctantly, I started a business and fell in love like six months in. And here we are 12, 13 years later. Thanks to Energy PR Services is going strong. Wow, amazing. And so who are some of the clients that you currently rep? Okay, so you just mentioned Shamari and Ronnie DeBone. Um, Casting director and veteran entertainment executive Winsome Sinclair. Woo, we love Winsome. <laughs> we love Winsome Sinclair, WSA International is that organization. We represent um, a women's self defense organization called Divas in Defense. Mm-hmm. They uh, recently just came back from the weight of training over 600 women from 30, to 30 plus ethnicities on self defense in the Middle East. Wow. Um, and they do, they do it worldwide. They're headquartered here in Georgia, but we represent them, and they go on national international missions to help women learn how to defend themselves. We represent the law officer, Rochelle Carl Rock. She's a high-powered celebrity and high-profile case attorney. Um, the Coral Art Gallery, I mean, we have a pretty blessed roster of clients, so we're very excited to represent who we represent, and you can check our websites for the whole list of people. It seems like there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of stress, a lot of, uh, you know, just controlling brands. And have you ever gotten to the point in your 12 and 13 years where you just wanted to walk away? And if so, what did that moment look and feel like for you? And how did you ever come that? You know what? I absolutely did have a moment. And it's one that I struggled with when I made the decision, but I did shut my business down for a year. One day I had reached a point of 
frustration and it wasn't just one point of there wasn't just one element mm. it, every, it seemed like everything was awesome my clients were not respecting the media outlet that I was um, setting up for them like I had a client no show the New York Times twice wow and there were things like oh you know the, the plant payments are later than expected and oh okay if it's just one client but but if all your clients are paying late, then you're experiencing payroll issues. And, you know, I started my business when I was 26 years old. Mm. And that's grown, but it's not seasoned to the point that I am now. I'm 38 now. And 26-year-old was, but it was way different than what I am now. Now right. I know how to troubleshoot and get to the source of things. And I kind of can foresee issues before they happen. But back then, I was a new entrepreneur and I got frustrated to the point where I felt like I was no longer doing a good job. Mm. So I made an executive decision. I called my staff together and let them know that we would be shutting our doors and they were devastated and it was well set. Mm. And I took a corporate job for a year. In between, I took a corporate job Mm -hmm. and was miserable. Like in my mind, when I shut the doors to my PR agency, I didn't close it because I didn't love it. I didn't close it because I didn't feel capable. I closed it because there were so many things going wrong. I felt like, did I set this company up right? I didn't go to school for PR. Was I meant to be a public? It was like, it was all this self-doubt stuff that got to me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, like a performance. It just felt like things were spinning out of control. And as a one-woman show, it was hard to manage for me. And instead of, Servicing people at a lower level, I decided to do all of us a favor and shut the door. So I had some clients that were like, I don't care that you shut this business down. You're not leaving me. Mm. I I did have one client that refused to be let go. Like, he refused. (laughs) And to this day, day, he and I laugh, and he's still a client. He's hilarious, and he, you know, has turned into a great mentor of mine. But to answer your question, yes, I have frustrated and overwhelmed in business and that comes now 12 years later I've learned how to manage situations so that they don't take me over right yes and I think that's important that you took time to reevaluate yourself and not just you know run yourself ragged you know you you reevaluated yourself you shut things down um, you took care of your mental health. You took care of yourself. You, you did some self-care. And then you realized that PR is where you needed to be. You, Like you said, you went into corporate America. And I think that's just so important that people take that risk to, I hate to say that it's even a risk, but self is important and putting yourself first um, and taking a break and stepping back. Do you think yes. your younger self would be happy where you are now. Do you think your younger self would look at you and be like, dang, you a bad mama jamma. You doing your thing. Yes. Yes, I do. I do. And I think about my younger self. I think about my five-year-old self. Mm. I think yeah, I think about my younger self all the time because I've always been a person who had pretty big dreams mm-hmm. and I always wanted to be well. It wasn't until I got into my 20s where I decided that I wanted to do well on my own platform. You know, because before, you know, at five, I wanted to be a newspaper or a person who came up with a trip to eight. You know, those are my hopes and dreams were to do things that, A, help other people or help inform people. Later in life, I thought about, oh, well, you know, people are supposed to be a journalist and travel the world and things like that. But 
looking back at my 20s when I decided to cross over into entrepreneurship, I didn't think I was doing anything that great at the time. But now looking back, I look at myself at 26 and realize that not only was I 26, I had just moved to Atlanta, mm. had a two-month-old baby when I moved to wow. Atlanta. I, I had all these things that were brand new to my life, and I managed all of them. Like, I was in the process of so many things, and I felt really great accomplishing what I had accomplished. So I didn't feel like it was a big deal then, but now I look back and I high-five my younger self. Absolutely. So, Clarissa, what is your ultimate goal as a woman in a high place? What is your ultimate goal for yourself and for Synergy PR services? Um, well, I think the goals kind of run together. My goal, I have a son who's 14, and my goal has always been to leave a good legacy for my child or children. Mm. I didn't know how many kids I would have, but I have one child, and my, my, my biggest hope, and the biggest thing I strive for is to leave a legacy that my child will be proud of. And I know it's a cliche, but really, honestly, when you grow a business and when you nurture something, a business is just like a baby. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my baby is for my baby. It's my hope that my son will look at this business and be proud of what his mother grew and step into the entrepreneurial realm for himself and realize that he can do anything he's set his mind to. Absolutely. And so who's your favorite woman? My favorite woman? Man. <laughs> famous or non-famous? You need any, a good question. Any, any woman. Since we're celebrating Women's History Month, any woman. Who's your favorite woman? Dead, alive, famous, non-famous. Who inspires Clarissa? Okay. Now this, this has changed over the years. Um, and again, my answer may be pretty this cliche, but I'll give a quick amended answer as to why this person is from choosing. My mother mm. um, would be um, a huge point of inspiration for me at this point, not because of anything like, oh, she baked cookies and made sure I had a young teddy bear or whatever <laughs> at night. My mother had me when she was, my mother got pregnant with me at 13. Mm. And, you know, of course, back in the, I was born in 1980, so she was pregnant in 79. And that woman, it was not cute to be 13 and pregnant, living on the south side of Chicago with religious parents who worked corporate jobs, you know, and then went to church, you know, it was frowned upon. And mm-hmm. against everybody wanting her to terminate her pregnancy, against everyone shaming her, my mother decided that her child was not a mistake, and she gave birth to me and, you know, trust it out. Amazing. So looking back at my childhood, I didn't necessarily see that as a badge of honor, what she had done. But 38 years old, Mm -hmm. looking back at my mom, you know, my mom was 18 when I went to, 19 when I went to kindergarten. Wow. Like a Mm 19-year-old, my mother was 29 when I went to high school. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> my mom was young and figuring it out, but I look at her as a point of inspiration because she had to navigate through really mm-hmm. rough waters and she did not give up. And she kept her face together and her pride intact. And I thank her today, as a matter of fact. When I woke up this morning, I sent her a text just telling her wow. how I feel like my accomplishments are rooted in her strength. So, right. Yeah. And she, and she created 
you, a dynamic woman doing her thing, an entrepreneur. Um, you're just, you're just, I mean, you have such a great spirit. And I remember just meeting you uh, last year and working with you and you are a dynamic woman. I want you to keep pushing for it. Um, I, I just, I can't wait to see, you know, more of your projects and things that you have uh, in the Harper because I love to see women who are doing their thing and take a risk because that's always been a fear of mine is taking that risk and doing my own thing. Um, but to see it in action and to see it, it be actually successful is commendable. So I commend you for pushing forward. And your mother's pretty dope. 13, pushing forward and, and making sure that she is just in your life because I struggle with that. You know, my mom was uh, 16 when she, well, she was 15 when she had me. Um, and yeah. unfortunately she gave me up. So it's always dope to see a, a mother and a daughter in a, in that dynamic where the mother had the child at a young age, but she still kept kicking and, 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 and pumping and making sure her, you know, her child had everything like my sisters did as well. So I, I love that. So although the universe may have not um, put me in a, in a situation where I had a mother, um, a birth mother to, t to raise me, I can tell you that the universe has put these examples of what motherhood is yeah. and I'm able to look at that. So your mother's dope, you're dope. And I, I just thank you so much for spending the time with us right here on this Saturday morning. But if folks wants to want to get in touch with you, want to learn a little bit more about uh, Synergy PR service or wants to acquire your um, your services, how can they reach you? They can reach us via telephone at 678-557-0720. They can reach us on the website at uh, www.synergyprservices.com. That's with the S at the end, .com. And on Instagram at Synergy underscore PR underscore SDCS, so abbreviated services. And we welcome anybody to give us a call, take a look at our website, take a look at our client roster, and decide if we are a good fit for you. So give us a call and we can decide together. Um, and before we go, Unique, I want to thank you because you are also amazing and phenomenal. I've seen you do some amazing things standing on your feet and without a lot of help. So I just want to thank you. You are also amazing, and I thank you for having me and inviting me on the show. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Clarissa, for sharing your story and being transparent. And I hope that someone has been touched to be motivated, to just move forward and, and become a woman in a high place. So thank you so much, Clarissa. I appreciate you. Thank you, Unique. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. It's Blackberry Soul Radio right here with Unique. It's the Weekend Updated. What a mustard seed actually look, look like. Have you ever seen a mustard seed? Here, I have some here. I want to pull one out. Now, Jesus said if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could move mountains and anything was possible. Now, I heard this as a kid and I really believed it. And so the question is, what do you believe? Do you believe that you are worthy of happiness? Do you believe that happiness, success, abundance, comfort, fulfillment, peace, joy, love is a part of your birthright? Is that what you believe? Or do you believe something else? Because you will manifest the life that you believe. I've always known that no matter what my belief is, I'm going to be all right. Why? Because I have that faith of a mustard seed. It's actually a few mustard seeds. Welcome back. That was Oprah 
kicking some knowledge, kicking some inspiration. You're listening to Weekend Updated with me, Unique, right here on Blackberry Soul Radio. We had an amazing show, some amazing guests, two ladies who are in different paths in life, different ages, but they share a commonality, and that's being a woman in a high place, successful, and though they both shared that they faced adversity, they didn't let that stop them. So kudos to Tammy Thurman from Piedmont Natural Gas and Clarissa Wright from Synergy PR Services. Thank you for stopping by, calling in, and sharing your love, knowledge, and inspiration. So earlier we touched on a little bit of the R. Kelly and it's just something just messing with my soul right now and about the R. Kelly situation. And um, I do want to play a, a, a clip of it and then go into my statement, my final statement, and I probably will never talk about R. Kelly again until justice is served. So everyone knows that R. Kelly sat down with CBS Gail King. It was a very strange interview. Yesterday they played the interview in its entirety. Let's go into this clip real quick. Y'all just don't want to believe the truth. You don't want to believe it. At this point, we briefly pause the interview to give Kelly a moment. His publicist helped calm him down. I hope this camera keep going. No, we're going to let the camera keep going. This is not true. This doesn't even make sense. Why would I hold all these women? Their mothers and fathers told me. We're going to destroy your career. But Kelly's emotions remained raw. It's real girls out there missing. It's real young girls out there being abducted, being raped, okay? They really are on chain. Y'all killing me with this I gave y'all 30 years of my career. Robert. 30 years of my career. All right. There's just something about this interview that just bothers me. And it's not so much about what he's saying. It's the idea of providing R. Kelly a platform to continue to figuratively inflict harm on his victims. Because I feel that he's not, of course, being honest. I feel that he's lying. And I feel that the women who have been abused is watching this and hurting. So while CBS and Gail, with all good intentions, offered him a space to kind of lash out and lie and to declare his quote unquote innocence, he's a sexual predator. And he's responsible for the abuse to countless girls and young women spanning across three decades, as he proclaimed, giving us 30 years of your career while torturing young girls. In the interview, he used the term, I beat my case. I beat my case does not equate to I am innocent. Yes, R. Kelly, you were acquitted. You were not found innocent. You surely beat the system for many years and now justice must be served and you can't handle it. You didn't at once specifically deny any sexual assault on underage girls. In fact, you said, I love all women. When the question was asked, do you like young girls? You know, R. Kelly, I've seen those tears before. I've seen that anger before. And I'm just not fooled by the crocodile tears. To me, those tears are for the money you have lost, like I said earlier. And the fear that karma is about to bring down on your ass. It's not going to have no mercy on you. Like you had no mercy on those young girls' innocence. Let's stop making justifications for his insidious behavior. Sure, yes, like he said, the parents are to blame as well for exposing their children to this monster. However, 
he should definitely be held 100% accountable for his actions. Please, let's not change the narrative. And to his supporters, I pose this question to you. Is his music more important than your daughter? More important than your sister? More important than your auntie, your cousin, your friends? Ask yourself that, all right? And I'm done talking about R. Kelly, and I want justice served, and I want his ass put under the jail. I do want to give a shout out to another woman, Wendy Williams. She's back. How you doing? You might not like Wendy's unconventional style of reporting or gossiping over the years, but one thing for sure, she's tough at, She's tough as nails and she's tenacious. And the biggest thing that I love about Win, Wendy is her transparency. So on the show, uh, she addressed her battles with drugs and she had a very interesting quote, quote, once you're a substance abuser, you have to battle that for the rest of your life. I've told you about my 10 year ride with cocaine and the crack. Oh yes, crack is whack. But it was very good to me at a particular stupid point in my life. I was a mess, functioning, killing myself. I realized that I'm a walking addict. Do you know what I'm saying? You can't just clean it up and stop it and think it's not gonna affect you, unquote. I'm not gonna make any assumptions, but I just wanna say welcome back, Wendy. And I think there's probably more to this story that she's going to share. Before I go, I do want to give a, a brief review of Medea Family Funeral. Now, if you haven't seen it and you do plan on seeing it, turn on the mute button for about a minute, come back. All right, so typically Medea is not a movie that I would actually go see. I'm really into crime, mystery, and action-packed movies, but I had a really good discount, and I really thought that Medea was going to die in this movie, and I don't know why I was like, Sure, I want to see how this how this pans out. So that thought that was the premise of the movie. It was not the premise at all. Um, the premise of the movie was uh, Medea planning a family funeral, and you know it was a mess. So there was a lot of like funny moments, but I have to say that movie was really dramatic and over the top. And then I and then I feel that some of the actors and actresses didn't gel well. Like the chemistry felt like it was just off. Um, of course, all the men were gorgeous. Uh, like Tyler has it all the time. The men are always gorgeous. And I'm not complaining about that. It seemed like it had the same recipe as mostly all of his movies that include Medea. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and give it a C plus. <laughs> um, I do love what Tyler's doing. I love the fact that he's providing jobs for minorities. I love that. I love his story. I love his past, but I was just not feeling that movie at all. Again, thank you for joining me today. Have a great Saturday. I know I will. It's Blackberry Soul Radio.